0: You know what's crazy is that we're on Human Factors Cast episode 30. We have a fantastic show for you today. Uh, We're going to be talking about all the stuff in Human Factors news as per usual. And we're going to play some Human Factors 20 questions and talk about uh, this amazing achievement that is, what, 30, 30 weeks? I don't know. Anyway, Human Factors Cast starts right now.
1: Human Factors Cast, your weekly
0: podcast for all things human factors, psychology, and design. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Human Factors Cast. I'm your host, Nick Rome, joined today by Mr. Billy Hall.
1: Feeling fresh and fancy free.
0: And Mr. Blake Arnstorff is on the line, too.
2: Oh, yeah. Coming at you from the ATL.
0: There he is. You guys, this is episode 30. Holy moly.
2: Wow. That's like 3 decades of podcasts
0: if we did one a year.
2: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah we've been this doing this is year your
0: annual This is your annual Human Factors podcast. No, I think the um I think the actual HFES uh group puts out a podcast every year that talks about like what kind of shows uh are, or or um events are going to be at hfes annually so uh so they probably got us beat in a number of years but i bet you we got them beat in a number of episodes not like this is a competition or anything
2: but it totally oh but you know we're going to be doing their podcast for them next year right
1: Ooh. oh yeah, this man. year Didn't ask them about that we'll do it for free
2: i mean how cool would it be to do
0: uh human factors cast live from hfes where we're actually on a stage doing the news or something i don't know it'd be cool
1: i'd be it's totally coming, down man. for that idea I think we should try to shoot to see if they'll do that podcast where we talk about everything.
0: I don't know what it, what do our listeners think. If you guys like this idea, send an email to HFS, the folks behind organizing all that stuff, and let them know you want to see Human Factors Cast on the stage there. Uh, you can you can visit us and all that stuff. It'd be fun. All right, but we are here to talk about the human factors news, right? So this is the part of the show right. that's all about human factors news. Now this could be anything from VR, automation, psychology, design. You name it. it, as long as it relates to human factors or the field of human factors, we're going to talk about it on the show. Blake, you're reading the news stories today. What's up first? All
2: right, let's hop on into it. So we have 1% of the population, so it's about like 70 million people that are, that are blind. So for a lot of companies, that's not a huge number when you think in terms of a potential use case for like a prop. It's massive to consider when there are only a few assistive technologies available to aid and to make people's lives of the visually impaired easier. So a new startup that spun out of an Oxford Oxford last year called Oxite is looking to make that change. So the company is built and is testing augmented, augmented reality glasses to help the visually impaired recognize and navigate objects in their environment. So thinking of it is literally for the blind. Wait a minute. Are you
1: telling me there are a pers- pair of glasses that will give me telekinesis?
2: So I got really excited when I read this at first. This put, is exciting. If you, dive a little, if you dive into the article a little more, it's kind of misleading, especially talking about this is like for the blind,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um,
2: because all of there were not blind people. Right. It was
0: um, It was um, people with low, low vision, right? They were visually scared.
2: yeah, which is still a really big deal, and it's a giant leap forward. But I mean, all they were doing was invented reality. Set of glasses were outlining major objects, so like humans or people, big things, kind of, and they related to how you do it in video games. The, the way um, I under- but specifically, black
0: the way I understood it, they they basically took these augmented and increased the contrast way up, so you could see basically black version of real reality, and so. um, you know, this this contrast allows the visually impaired to basically navigate their environment in a way that they normally wouldn't be able to.
1: A question, real quick about this though: Is this like some weird form of echolocation?
0: Ecul- no, ecoloc- Map room too, though. No, echolocation uses audio. So, I mean, I mean, it's where you the environment to location? This is, no, this is literally just taking an image and increasing the contrast and then putting it over their, their eyes.
1: So it's kind of like type of thing, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So these people with diminishing glasses, like it makes sense that they wouldn't be able to use it necessarily on people who are blind because, uh, how would they be able to tell like a picture of a table from an actual table?
2: Yeah, I mean, how would they even know what these things represented? It would just be like objects in space to them. Right.
1: Ooh, I like that. New sci-fi channel. Um,
2: objects right?
1: in space. <laughs>
2: space, 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 space. Okay. It's still a pretty cool story and still can hit a lot of people. So, I don't know. It's cool. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. No, I think that would be a cool idea. Plus cyborgs.
0: Yeah, this is this is cool, now. you guys. This is cool. Uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> Billy, I'm really glad you jumped in and stopped us from doing that this time. Um, no, I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for the day when when we get ocular implants that interface with our uh, eye nerves and we can see more than just uh, the visual spectrum. We can see ultralight, we, or ultraviolet. We can see uh, microwaves. I mean, that would open up the world of possibilities for uh, relaying information to the human operator. But anyway... Uh, well, I guess you could maybe do that with this, right? You could probably... Anyway, okay, okay. I'm getting it's too... step and stone. It's a yeah, stepping stone. Yeah, I'm, ge- I'm getting right. too crazy. All right, Blake, what's, what's up next, buddy?
2: All right. So this one's on the scary front. So the message, missile inbound, seek shelter immediately, took over the screen. 52nd flight wing at... I'm going to mess this one up.
1: Come on, come on. You could sp- do it.
2: All right, Spangdahlem, Lem Airbase, yeah, in Germany earlier this week. So it was accidentally sent out to all terminals through the bases at as an ad hoc emergency alert system that is typically used for weather updates. That's kind of interesting. Oops. So sp- <laughs> spokesman Major Brian McGarry told Stars and Stripes, which is just uh, another news outlet one of the command post controllers was building a template for this specific thing, so I guess a missing, missile inbound template that was posted. The message <laughs> was intended to only to go out to one person, but <laughs> human error here. He inadvertently sent it to everybody, so he just decided <laughs> to copy everybody on that email. Oops. <laughs> uh, so, eight <laughs> minutes after the message announcing impending doom popped up, a soothing went out across the bases terminal telling everyone to chill out. Everything's all good. I think the best part is they just gave him a blue screen and said, "Hey, it's okay. Everything's fine."
0: Everything's fine. We're all good here. Everything checks out. Uh, we're good. How
2: are you?
1: By the way, <laughs> it's uh, pronounced Spangdalham. Uh, there we go. Spangdalham. It well, always so- Germany German always sounds like you're clearing your throat. I, I was really hoping that it was some or something like that. It accidentally went to all the screens or something. <laughs> well,
2: I was is, really hoping the smiley face was actually a part of the template that you right. see just to try and make you feel better, <laughs> kind of like a fight club scenario.
0: But, I, I just want to know how this happens. This is this is why you don't reply all on an email. Like,
2: Well, it's kind of funny because obviously they have it set up so you like either you check a box or you click a button that says send to everybody or only just one. Right. I guess it's bad enough of an interface that they sent it to right. well, I That's mean, That's a misclick right there.
0: Yeah. The trouble is that you always have to balance between making it easily accessible and also, you know, cause you don't, in a, in a panic situation, you don't want to have to get to it, um, by doing a long route. You want to alert everybody right off the bat, but then you also have like, you don't want to make it too easy to where something like this could happen. Um, I'm always a fan of those failsafe switches where you have to, like, lift up the glass and then press the big red button or, like, the key, then the glass, then the button because it's a triple failsafe, uh, and you're not going to hit that button accidentally, but it's still easy enough. It's only two steps to get in. You know what I mean?
1: Well, I would imagine that they would have, like, automated alarm systems for an incoming attack or something like that, like, in a perimeter, right?
0: Oh, uh, you would think so.
1: so. Yeah, I would be, like... A lot of people probably looked at that thing Thing and we're just confused by it because usually it's like a big bunch of glaring noises and then followed by explosions.
0: I almost Crazy feel like stuff. I should have had sound Absolutely. effects for this one. Explosion! <laughs> the klaxon.
3: <laughs> boom, 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 boom.
0: <laughs> Hang on. It's not too late. Let's get some sound effects in here. All right. You guys keep discussing this.
2: Well, I mean, like... I want to see so- the blue screen that told everybody to <laughs> chill out.
0: I don't think it actually said chill out on there. I think it, it would everybody, Everybody's
1: take, chill out. out everybody's Sorry, we, management a,
0: has made a mistake. Uh, for the missile, it's all good.
1: It's all good. Pick Cheech and Chong, say, hey, can everybody get home? Yes. Yeah. No, um, can you be this guy, though? You you are the guy who stays on alert for at least five minutes.
0: Oh, like, yeah.
1: You, you are now... I mean, I'm I, I, I California I'm next to Pendleton, so I've known a lot of Marines and other people all over the place. So I'm thinking to myself, man, they must give him no amount of crap for that. Like For every, sure, yeah. Every time he opened locker, it's probably a little red siren that goes, meh, meh, meh.
0: <laughs> All right, I'm taking a chance on the YouTube video. Let's see. Oh, no. I, I know. No. All right, let's see what it gives. He's just his, his bunker. You got a bunker with the lights and everything. I just have to hear this horn. I have to hear this one. Right, where is it? Can you? I know. Right. So much. It's closer to the. Oh, I see.
1: The red siren. There it is. Oh my God! All right. Wait. Like, do you want to tell him that we didn't hear it?
0: Hear all. I know you guys didn't hear it because I have for, for okay. Hang on. For the people who are listening, uh, for podcasters, we have a min-max setup, so way I can capture Billy and Blake's audio from my computer without actually them hearing themselves. So I played it Thank on the computer goodness. that they're coming from, so they didn't hear that sound either. That's just a little behind-the-scenes uh, little nugget for our listeners. All right, Blake. I
2: didn't even
0: know that. I'm excited. We, uh, we spent a time on this. What's up next?
2: This is not good. Jesus. All right. So so this is insane, but this is probably my favorite story of the week drone heavy week. But so what happens <laughs> when your power lines get all kinds of trash hanging from them? One, how does it even get there? And it's not safe to send a human? Well, and I looked this up earlier in Xin Yang, China, you send a drone, yeah. specifically drones that shoot fire. Yes, that's right. Fire spitting drones are being used by an electric power maintenance company in China to get rid of plastic bags and other debris. Again, how that stuff gets up there, I don't know. But they're being used to get rid of that in places that are hard for a human to reach using a cherry picker. This
0: is wonderful, and I'll tell you why. (laughs) So there's a couple things that I worked on that kind of speak to this. So one, I worked at a company that manufactured electrical relays and the amount of voltage that goes through those things is insane. It obviously kill you no matter what, like if, if you know the, the electricity discharged. Um, so there's that aspect of it. But another aspect that you might not be familiar with is that, uh, believe it or not, a, more accidents happen from employees falling whether it be in the facilities themselves or uh, off a cherry picker, more accidents from falling. And so this is really good that they're just replacing the human with drones in this case.
2: Of course, but it looks insane if you look at the pictures for it, where it's literally just a big thing of fire coming from, a... I don't know. It's it's scary to look at, at the same time. If it saves a human, well...
1: Yeah, I mean... Uh... I mean, I, that they can shoot these little gut lanes and it doesn't matter? Or is everything so recycled and up in no busy business? How does that work?
2: Uh, yeah, uh, I was thinking it was going to char the cables so that it, you could only do it a couple times per you. But I no, guess no, no, not. no, no,
0: no. Cable, are, they have to protect from nature. They have to protect it. They have to <laughs> are thick. And so, yeah, there is that... that um, pictures now there is that concern but I mean, if it's just one piece the chance of that piece that exact piece of water would be exposed to another piece unless it inches. but then they wouldn't use it because then it would be near a tree they would, it's a fire hazard um, but yeah uh, when can I get a flamethrower awesome
1: Wait, they already have that shoot that gun in that
0: drone yes
1: yeah no
0: <laughs> there was a <laughs> it was pretty. Did it. yeah all right uh, Blake what's up next
2: gotcha so how how Facebook likes all the data to feed you it presumes zooms you'll like it. Use not to think about it. It's it's a little scary. Anyway, so now there's an app to you your question, a data selfie that's an open source Chrome extension that helps you discover how machine learning algorithms track your pro- track and process your Facebook activity to gain insights into and habits. didn't um,
1: didn't everything talk about that idea of like how how basically we're technically paying with our time, and it's to have a Facebook account not necessarily.
0: That makes sense. I mean, if you're, yeah, yeah, what you uh, what you don't pay like, for in, in in app purchases or whatever, you're paying for with your time and loyalty to right. a and your data. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, that's pretty cool, though. I would like to see what that algorithm looks like because I know Amazon's really good at, like, showing me things I had already looked up on Amazon, but sometimes it'll show me things I haven't looked up before, and I'm like, oh, that's really kind of cool. And then I find out that I'm going farther and farther down that rabbit hole of the Internet. You buy this you piece know?
0: of podcast equipment. Would you like to buy these ones to make that one work?
1: Yeah, right? That's the thing. I think that... I don't know. We're trading in a little bit of privacy of what we do on a computer for convenience, though. You know what I mean?
0: Well, I mean, how much, well, this is a whole other argument, but, like, how much privacy do we actually have? I mean, I'm talking to you guys into a microphone right now, and people out there are listening to us. Uh, And when I'm not talking to you guys, I have an Amazon Echo in my house that is listening to me. And if the government so chooses, they can tap into that and listen at any time they want. And well, are- too, if
2: you use an Android phone, uh the Google features or whatever, it's always listening and it picks up hot keywords even when you're not using like the voice feature. And you can go yeah. listen to that online. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
1: but guys, come on. It's just convenient. They don't do anything with this information.
2: Right? Oh yeah, I have no idea what they do or don't do. I think they do use it, but I don't think it's as malicious as your right As my mind would tell me it is
1: <laughs> yeah i mean you also got to think about it this way someone has to listen to all that stuff i mean even if a machine just picks out keywords and things like that someone it has to have a trickle down well, effect you right?
0: would think that somebody listens to it but really a machine parses that data and and that's when analysts come in and look at big data right so they'll they'll look at what keywords were said they'll they'll look at my phone they'll look at your phones and say oh nick billy and blake were talking about privacy uh that was a theme of that conversation. We got to take some of that away from them. <laughs> so so then now Facebook will give me, you know, privacy ads like do you want your privacy secured on the internet and you know click here. So that's how it works, but uh they just kind of route it to the appropriate channels using big data.
1: Oh, okay. Wait a minute though. Should I be worried at the Oh, dude, I've been downloading a lot of those dating site apps. That explains why so still... <laughs> so many apps actually bring that up cuz i've been using that um that dating are app that we lonely? talked about
0: last time you know what I mean? huh are you lonely yeah no, no. it's yeah. there's a um <laughs> i forget uh there there was a lawsuit with target a couple years ago because a uh, a young woman was advertised to i think it was like a um, it was contraceptives or or diapers or something along that line, and this was a sixteen year old uh, young woman and and her father. No, yeah, well, this story. Yeah, her father got really upset about this. Like, why are you advertising this stuff to my daughter? And it it, it turns out that she had you know Googled stuff uh, about pregnancy and about uh, raising a child, and so Target just use that data and advertise to her and they had no idea that she was underage. And so I, I don't know what came of that lawsuit, but I know that was a thing. All right. Uh, so oh yeah.
2: That was a really big that's deal. Really at some interesting. point.
0: Yeah. We yeah. are going down a rabbit hole here though. Let's talk about what's up next. I was going to say the first word, but uh, I'll let you take that.
2: Well, I'll say it for you. Space. Uh, oh. No. So th- <laughs> yeah, space. 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 Space.
0: Oh, space. That was pretty good. <laughs>
2: That was hang on, awesome, hang especially since there was no voice augmentation on that. Space. <laughs> space! Space, 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 space. Pigs in space. <laughs> all right, so I, space. I, I, oh, I can give yeah, you guys
0: yeah. an echo, too. Hang on. Say space really quick. <laughs> space!
2: Space! space. space. All right, level. all right,
0: all right. We're back, all right. Okay, so space... All
2: right, so SpaceX successfully launched a Dragon spacecraft that is on its way yeah! to the International Space Station. Yeah, but this is the part that tripped me out. So SpaceX also successfully landed the first stage of the Falcon 9 rocket at Cape Canaveral. So the Dragon spacecraft deployed its solar panels and it's now on its is now going to orbit the earth for a couple of days until it gets closer to the International Space Station in which it will deliver a payload of approximately 5,500 pounds of supplies for astronauts currently in space. But the part that's not in the blurb here that's in the story is actually the Falcon 9, when it launched, it was what propelled the Dragon from like inside of some of its shell work into oh. space, and then the Dragon itself like le- pretty much launched f- from the Falcon 9. And then the Falcon 9 went on to go land somewhere else, while the Dragon went into space. I thought that was just nuts.
0: Have you? There's well, a there's a video of this, and it is just unbelievable to watch how smooth it is. Elon Musk actually posted it on his uh, Instagram, and it's. If
1: I was Elon Musk, I'd do that. I I'm
0: know, like, right? Look at this thing that I made. Uh, yeah, no, it's phenomenal to watch. Like it is just so smooth. They have this thing down
1: packed. Like oh yeah, science like a rocket science.
0: Yeah, this yeah this is rocket science. Is that the show episode title? <laughs> this is rocket science, yeah, literally.
1: <laughs> so, um, no, that was I, I. I watch all these things and I really dig them because, and I know I'm nerding out here for a minute, but I I play a lot of uh, Kerbal Space Program. And no. I'm very bad at it. And uh, I, I, it was hard to put a rocket into space. How hard it was for other people to do that sort of. Yeah, know? not
2: only is it hard to put a rocket into space, but put shoot one rocket that shoots another one into space and then have one land. It's it's beyond fathomable sometimes. Really quick,
0: I have to apologize to our list because uh, Windows just did one of its jingles. All right, anyway,
2: continue. (laughs) Lovely sounds of Windows. But yeah,
1: no, I mean, what they're doing is so incredible. You know what I would really be interested in, though? If they actually came out next year and said, hey, we're going to start our own mission. You know, like I bet they could get enough money from different people over the world to actually make their own space station. You know, another international space station. That'd be amazing.
0: Yeah. And then you could have like space Teslas and uh...
1: space
0: Teslas. Hang on. Do it one more time.
1: Space Teslas.
0: All right, that was good. All right. <laughs> oh man, All right. you guys will so have to go back and from- listen to this because you can't hear yourselves. All right, what's <laughs> up next?
2: All right, moving away from space. So this first of a kind study used MRIs. So I think that's what magnetic resonance imaging systems. You got it. I don't know. I'm it- not the scientist. No. <laughs> Google will save everybody's lives. Okay, so (laughs) MRI is to image the brains of infants, and then researchers use brain measurements and a computer algorithm to accurately predict autism autism before symptoms set in. So the study shows that early brain development biomarkers could be very useful in identifying babies at the highest risk for autism before behavioral systems emerge. Uh, Wait a minute. Can you fix it then? no it, i mean that was kind of the tough part about this article it's it's just that you're able to uh, identify it a lot early a lot earlier on um uh-huh. like instead of a lot of times people kids are like between i guess 2 and 4 years old before they're ever diagnosed or somebody realizes they have autism or might so uh-huh. the the hope for this was that you just you would catch it early on and i know as as time has progressed, different treatments and whatnot have been more successful for different types of autism. Right. Um, right. But no, it's not necessarily going to mean that you're going to be able to completely fix it. It's just identifying it earlier, kind of getting getting past the hurdles you might encounter if you just didn't know it was coming. Well, and earlier treatment.
0: Oh. Earlier treatment, no matter what it is, will always help us because there's a lot of development that goes on within the first two years of a child's life. And if they miss... You know, if they if they are not receiving treatment about that, and then they get diagnosed when they're two years old, then, I mean, they missed out on those two years where all that development happened. So, this is actually this is really good for. You know, if
2: they can early stages development yeah. of a child. Yeah. So
0: it won't get rid of autism, but it will definitely help. Okay. Yeah,
1: okay. That,
2: that'll be interesting to see, like if as they're able to identify it earlier, what they're the children's lives will look like in, like, a longitudinal comparison between older adults and younger children with autism. Like, if, if catching it earlier actually helps um, if you, like, implement these different treatments early on. Yeah, well, it also it's makes cool sense
1: that. for the side of the parents. The parents can take preparatory measures, start taking classes before the child is born.
0: Right. Yeah, there's a lot um, of good things about that. To
1: prepare themselves. Because I... I'd imagine that's a terrifying situation to be in. That must be really scary. Yeah, for the that, parents especially.
0: That was a good article. Thanks for tossing that one in there, Blake. It's it's good to get back to our grassroots of psychology every now and then, because uh, I feel like we focus a lot on human factors. This is Human Factors Cast, but I mean, we're we're grounded in the roots of psychology, and so it's always nice to get back to those roots. All yeah, right, what's up next?
2: It's really doing some good work. Alright, so kind of sticking in the medical realm, most people are aware that you can donate or organs when you die, right? Right. But doing- and doing so is very important. I mean, each deceased donor can save several lives if he or she donates their organs and tissue, and they are used for transplantation. But organs aren't the only thing that you can donate once you're dead. What about dom- donating your medical data? So data might not seem important in the way that organs are, but medical research cannot take place without medical data and so the sad fact that most people's medical data is inaccessible for research once they are dead and this is something I didn't know I didn't know that you like when you die access to any of your medical records or even your private information is kind of like wiped off from being accessible
1: yeah so that kind of makes sense because you're leaving your family behind I mean you know if you had some sort of weird thing about you that you didn't want other people knowing about or some psychological or something along those lines. You don't want your family to hear about it and stuff like that. I think I, you don't want your family to have to um, deal with people knowing that stuff and everything.
0: Right. I think uh, I think it's actually like 70, 72 years before it becomes um, part of the common domain. Uh, as nerdy as this is, though, like this is a real uh, problem in ethics right now. Especially, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this about Star Wars uh, for a oh, sec. So my God. So buckle in, and if you haven't seen the most recent Star Wars, you might want to cover your ear holes now, because I'm about to spoil uh, a, a, a small part of it, but it's still a, a pleasant surprise if you're a fan of the series. Uh, if you haven't seen it by now, you're not a Star Wars fan, go out and see it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so there's a scene with Grand Moff Tarkin, right? And and ILM, Industrial Light and Magic, has gone through and digitally recreated him. And right. they, they had permission. He has no living relatives. They had to go out and get permission from his estate, and it was... Um, you know, because it was so, so well done. Uh, and, and this is a whole nother discussion about how closely it skirts the uncanny Valley. I know some people who thought, you know, he was real and some that didn't think he was real. And then there's another character in there, uh, that is digitally done that I will not spoil. Um, but then, then it was the same thing with that. They, they didn't know if it was real or fake or what. So, um, but, yeah, this whole issue of, of what happens with your body and your data after you die is, um, is really interesting uh, because there's a lot of debate about it right now. And I'm sure lawyers uh, will get all over this and put clauses in legal documents that say, yes, you can have my data, um, you know, and, and it's just really interesting. And there is I go again. Is there
1: a way to do this? Like, you know how you can go to the DMV and donate your organs? is there a way to actually donate They use my data for medical science?
2: Well, it was interesting in the article. It, it was saying that there's a lot of proposals in the UK and in Germany trying to make that so this is an option. So it's almost like when you sign up for your driver's license and you check that box about your organs, you could check for your data. But right mm-hmm. now, in most most areas, it's not. Um, and they're working to change either change the legal system so it's not like that 72 years of time. Like, you can just... You know, kind of how you would do in uh any kind of experiment, you make the person's name, you like strip it away from the data and you just kind of like take everything else and throw it into your data set. Uh, but right now it's it's the ongoing battle of trying to figure out how to make this a possibility. right. So
1: confession time real quick about this though. Just sure. real quick. I never I didn't check the box to give my bo- donate my organs to my dad. Oh, I'm me either. Ter- I'm really terrified that I'm going to end up in like one of
0: those.
1: I'm terrified of that fact.
0: And sorry, you cut out for a sec there. You're terrified of ending up in one of those what?
1: CSI body farms that I oh, saw on TV. Oh, okay, okay. I'm afraid of that.
0: I. Uh, <laughs> this reminds me of an argument I had about what <laughs> what people can legally do to your body after. Uh, <laughs> After, <laughs> were you part of this conversation, Billy? I feel like you were. I don't know. But,
1: uh, you know <laughs> I I'm think it's slab somewhere.
0: You know what? It's a, it's a, it's a conversation for another time and
2: place. Uh,
1: <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna sit here with my fear then. Okay.
2: <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, while so, Billy's sitting there with his fears. Let's get on with the next story. Yes, show. let's do it. Let's, <laughs> let's do it. See. Get as far from this as we can. <laughs> All right. So re- researchers have developed an improved type of electrode that is more durable, lasts longer in the body, and transmits a clearer, more more, from current state of the art materials. This could allow for improved restoration of mobility after spinal cord accidents, as well as improved powered prosthetic limbs. That's just too awesome. So this yeah, is done. Yeah. This is done by a, a implantable brain chip that can record neural. Le- Neuroelectrical signals and transmit them to receivers in the limb bypassing the damage and restoring movement. So recently these researchers described in a Send journal nature scientific reports reports a critical Improvement to the technology that could make it more durable last longer in the body and transmit clearer stronger signals so I, I just thought this was a incredible reach in science but it was also awesome because we're getting closer to that kind of uh, putting chips in your brain to not only to help people in this case but I mean that's getting closer to the brain the, interface
0: the holy grail of human brain interfaces to okay, so level yeah. with
1: me guys to so level there with you guys are. how many years are we
0: from cyborgs
1: really let's be honest here cyborgs
0: we already well, have I mean,
1: them stuff at of this we're already there right yeah if,
0: it depends yeah. on how you define cyborgs because we are already there prosthetics themselves um, can be considered, you know, cybernetic enhancements.
1: Well, yeah, but I meant like fully articulation. Like, I lose my arm, I can replace it with another arm.
0: Oh, uh, you're talking like full, full replication of whatever you
2: want—a sweet robot arm. He's is what I'm saying. A sweet robot arm, but it's not going to be Terminator style. Oh well, then there's no point to it. I want sweet robot arms that I can crush
1: and my enemies in my hand. Hey, hands.
0: really, I'm, gl- I'm so glad you mentioned cyborg uh, because I just want to make a plug for our other podcast, Cyborg <laughs> Relations podcast, oh. where we talk about this stuff as it pertains to the Star Wars universe. It's a once a month podcast, and our uh, what our third episode will be coming out um, shortly after this episode drops. So uh, go check that out if you like what we're doing here and want to support us in other ways. Uh, we we love if you do that. All right, so that now that that plug is over, a cyborg is a being with both organic and biomechatronic. Wow, biomechatronic body parts. Uh
2: huh. Biomechatronic. That's a word.
0: That's a word. Biometric. It sounds like an awesome word. Biometric.
1: Uh, I know. Say it. <laughs> I know. I also I also have an
0: uh, alternate fact. Uh, I'm sorry. Alternate definition here. Uh, cyborg is a fictional. <laughs> A fictional superhero appearing in the American comic books published by DC Comics. All right. <laughs> I,
1: want. I want a cyborg cyborg.
2: A double cyborg.
0: Double cyborg all the way. All right.
1: Across the sky. All right. What's up next? No, no, really, though. How many years do you think we are away from it, though? A uh, epic opinion.
0: Oh, God. Uh. F- hmm. I'm, I'm still not what your definition is. Are you talking about synthetic skin? Can they feel? And is it just being able to move?
1: Just being able to fully articulate limb. Like if a piano player lost their arm in six months to eight months later, they can still play the piano with both arms because the prosthetic is that good and precise.
0: Mm, what, like 10, 15 years maybe?
2: Really? 10, 15 years? So in our lifetime. Oh yeah. I'm thinking 10 years at a max. I think you'll see some really articulate limbs like down to the finger movement type thing. I think it's That's I think it's coming. So cool.
1: That's so cool. All right. All right. Sorry. 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 Okay, now
2: what's enough. up next? So epic. All right. So, it has made available a version of an advanced virtual world for training autonomous drones as well as other gadgets to move on their own. recreates conditions like shadows, reflections, and other potentially confusing real-world conditions in a highly detailed, highly realistic virtual environment without the risk of the of using the real thing. So Microsoft says that it hopes to help the democratization, I don't know why I have a problem with that word, wow. of robotics with, with the move, which will assist individuals, researchers, and companies with testing of systems that would otherwise... Resource resource intensive for them to do on their own. So props to Microsoft for making this an open source process. That's too dope because yeah. they're saving people a lot of money. Only get to like the work a whole lot better as far as like virtual training. This you know is... the other
1: thing though, all those people who make robotics and everybody who always yells that their robots aren't good enough. They can be like, all right, you try now. See how well you do.
0: Yeah, <laughs> flying a drone is really hard. Uh, and this is basically like flight simulator for <laughs> for drones.
3: That's yeah,
0: cool. it, Yeah, I mean, there's what not much GitHub? more to say. That yay for virtual environments, making things possible. And
1: okay, real quick, though, so what is GitHub? I've never heard of this.
0: GitHub is an online repository for your code. Um, so, really? basically, like I create something and put it up on GitHub. You can branch it off and create your own thing on top of it. And then mm-hmm. once you've created that thing, you merge it back in. It's it's a uh, it's a source tree, if you've ever heard that it's Kind term. of like a
1: share... It's like a code-sharing site. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay, that's cool.
1: That's cool. Silly way to that. fly.
0: All right. Cool. Okay,
2: next up. All right, up. So, so this starts taking us down the road of weird stuff happening this week. Yay! So, by, by now, it seems safe to say that Doom can be played on any advice a person wants. It's been adapted for printers, ATM machines, calculators, the Apple Touch Bar, and many other devices. But none of those devices... Yeah. What? Doom the video game Doom? Doom the video game game Doom? Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the old pixelated version. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) Okay, but none of those devices have a 370 horsepower to send you careening down the road, honking like a maniac while you blow your blow demons back to hell. So a YouTuber by the name of Vexel uploaded a video tutorial showing that he claims to be to have a step-by-step guide to playing Doom on the console screen of a Porsche 911. <laughs> that would be mo- <laughs> So this would be moder- moderately interesting on its own, but he explains that you're playing actually using the car's shifters, horn, accelerator and steering wheel steering wheel to control the game meaning you have to drive and play at the same time and there's a video there's,
0: oh, oh yeah yeah there's a video of him actually doing this and I mean the user <laughs> fin- the user experience of this is phenomenally bad because your physical space is not limited <laughs> your your physical space is limited by your surroundings and so if you actually tried to control this game there's a good chance you will crash unless you're in an open uh, parking lot or something
1: you know funny yes, enough which he he was. never played Doom never played Doom
0: You've never played oh,
1: Doom?
2: Bubber bro. I've
1: never played that game. That was the one game my mom said, nah, I don't feel comfortable with you playing that game. And I just, just never played I, it. Never played I Doom. Get it. Huh. But that's pretty dang cool. I didn't know it was on, like, everything. I want to know how it's on a printer. How do you do that on a
2: printer? There are tons
0: oh, of videos. Oh, dude, yeah. You got to just they, go like... check them out. I see another Doom video every week of somebody putting it on something else.
2: It's all over the... It was like one of those games in high school where it was on all the computer servers and everybody <laughs> had... Yeah, all right.
0: That is so
2: cool. All right, what's I up next? i heard people being able to put it on calculus. What's up next? Cool stuff. All right, so in a promotion for the Lego Batman movie, Siri will now respond as if you were the Le- Lego version of The Dark Knight, as long as you get her attention with Hey Computer, or Hey Pewter. Hey Pewter hello computer (laughs) hey computer oh man so feel free to issue your commands in your own voice that lego batman imitation is completely optional but definitely encouraged as (laughs) you both showed a second ago did you guys see this movie no i haven't seen it yet yet.
0: uh it's it's forgettable um but i i mean i liked it i had a good time with it i thought it was it was fun uh but the next day i completely forgot i saw it but uh
1: See, that's the thing. Nick Rome has no childhood, but he's just so, but motivated. I love the Lego. Hey, to, he hates Lego
0: movies. to be he fair. Is. Hey, hold on. That's not fair. To be fair. I loved the Lego he movie. <laughs> I loved the Lego movie. Uh, and uh, how uh, dare you say I have no childhood. I, 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 I host a star Wars podcast, man.
1: No, everybody childhood.
0: everybody has their vices. <laughs> Everyone has their thing. <laughs> yeah. So this is, this is fun. Um, I don't have any Apple products, but I really want to try it. Hey, Pewter. Uh, hey, just pewter. in Will Arnett's scratchy uh, Lego Batman <laughs> voice. So
2: oh, I'm going to have to try that on my phone. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. what was going on. <laughs> you know what? For <laughs> all our wa- Yeah, that's pretty cool. I dig that.
0: All our listeners on iOS devices, just uh, put me next to your uh, iOS device, and uh, here we go. Hey, Pewter.
3: <laughs> play the you know LEGO while batman. all of our <laughs> listeners oh. are now
0: enraged that their phone is talking <laughs> hey pewter play the lego batman theme song amazon subscribe <laughs> <laughs> <that's your> <laughs> alright alright we're almost done with these stories what's up next oh wow we're uh, wow we got a lot of stories alright keep going
2: <laughs> alright so we're going back to Germany so a man in a Tesla Model S saw a Volkswagen Passat swerving erratically on the Autobahn Feel like that's a scary thing to see, slamming against the guardrail multiple times. When he noticed that the person behind the wheel was unconscious, the Tesla driver sprang into action. Oh man, Büniker, Mucker—all these
0: German names, Blake.
2: I'm paper. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm loving it. German. I'll be speaking German by the end of the podcast. So reports. Right. Reports from this newspaper said that this action involved a 41-year-old man in his Tesla calling the fire department and then literally pulling his Model S out in front of an out-of-control Passat. But to then save the driver the
1: took over and actually moved it out, yeah. and careened off the edge of the cliff.
0: He'd a real MVP, <laughs> and uh, good guy Elon. Musk. He uh, repaired that guy's Tesla for free.
2: Oh, that's nice of Elon Musk. Yeah. But anyway, I thought that was pretty nuts. I didn't even. Stand that compact on the autobahn because people drive fast on that shit. I'm, su- anyway. I'm surprised with the uh,
0: fact. That, oh, go ahead.
2: Well, I
1: mean, you think about it though; it probably slammed into some guardrails a few times, slowing it down. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if the gas was compressed on it, but on the other side of that too, that's pretty awesome that a Tesla was able to actually—he was able to do all these things on the Tesla without probably ever looking at his phone.
0: The Tesla just engaged in automatic save mode, and then uh, yeah, super driver mode, right?
1: I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Elon Musk is either the coolest inventor we've ever had, or he's secretly a supervillain. I I, don't know which yet. Yeah,
0: I don't. mm, Yeah, that's. I mean, Elon
1: Musk sounds like a Bond villain, honestly.
0: Mister Bond, I see you're driving a Tesla. (laughs) Jokes on you. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you
2: have fueled my like evil empire. <laughs> okay,
0: okay. What's uh, up next? Another drone story. All right, go.
2: Oh yeah. So Nick, this one's like super making your, one of your predictions come true. Oh, so, yeah. a growing number of companies are looking at the viability of air autonomous taxis as a way to ease urban and transportation woes. But the city of Dubai, from everybody, would land a a passenger carrying is No nope. Uber. Billy you said no nope. you know what <laughs> nope
1: nope not getting an automated drone and what's gonna happen there I'm gonna fall off
2: it's, <laughs> it, it's pretty scary but those uber first probably a good choice but transportation agency a summit and <laughs> the <liberating> passage passenger, <laughs> passenger <laughs> service along predetermined routes in July. No, you hang for a t- quad open electric drone, to carry people through the air. That's pretty. Well, sick.
0: it looks like uh will be the only to actually take with a distance of 31 miles. <laughs> yes, he
2: will be the first.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so there uh, are no, some limitations.
1: I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Even the cargo idea, it's like, man, I'm gonna get killed by an amazon
2: package falling on my head. He I know it's going to happen. Looking at the design, it doesn't look that more Genelica. You know,
0: like right, it's just more compact.
2: Yeah. yeah, it's it's like a one person quadcopter. That's yeah. pretty much what it looks like. That's a video it's I can't today. this
0: looks fake or or but they have a video of it flying through the sea of, Dubai.
2: Man, this droning
1: on and on. Yeah, and these on. yeah. Ah.
0: Man, that with these stories in here. A uh, reminder <laughs> to all of our listeners, if you want to check out these stories, we always post our show notes on Facebook, so go over there, give us a like, and check out all these news stories. You can follow the links and see all the videos and fun stuff that we're talking about there. Okay, Blake, what's up next?
2: All right, so Dubai might be getting the first batch of its passenger drones this summer, but hover surf a, Rus- a Russian, star filled the sky with fully manned hover bikes.
1: Oh my God, ca- this is how Putin's going to get us. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the human, an impressive single-seat aircraft that not only has the capacity to lift you up into the sky, but also puts puts the controls right in your own hands. That's that's just too scary. So the fully manned Scorpion Three fundamentally combines the standard motorcycle design with futuristic te- quadcopter 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 technology quad-copper. to offer this the speed, agility, and stability of flight flight to the everyman so while while the hover surf airborne vessel is currently mostly seen as an extreme sports instrument the company hopes that it's invention will realize it's full transportation it looks just crazy for me to even want to get on especially it's like airborne
0: i uh oh, no. my my first my first question is what's the weight limit because i want one of these uh
1: you s- just want to one step closer to your dream of having your own speeder bike yes yes, it. yes
0: yes that's exactly right um, this Everybody one looks like, yeah. You know what though? This one actually looks more dangerous than the other one because the blades are <laughs> exposed. They're like cutting really close to the guy. Uh, and this one got it floating in a warehouse, uh, and it just looks um, like uh, like one wrong move, and uh, his leg chopped off.
1: <laughs> in all fairness, though, a motorcycle will probably do that too.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have either of you got a motor before? Oh yes. yeah. It's uh it's bad news. I used to go cycle and and do the lane splitting. Uh which is legal in California, so before you get on my case. Uh <laughs> it is legal here, but ooh,
1: we were going to give we were going to actually shake our fingers at you and go ooh. Uh
0: it is incredible. Um we won't go back to this thing in the I'm blood.
1: to get my motorcycle
0: license. Yeah, they yeah. had to do that. We yeah. close you know, to being done here. Others. We got two more, right? We got two more. Two more we got stories. two more. All right, let's get through them.
2: All right. All right. So a London hospital is using VR to make medical testing more comfortable for children. So King's College Hospital teamed up with one of the hospital's play specialists to create an app that, when worn before an MRI, helps kids understand the procedure through an immersive VR experience. children to feel as though they are inside an MRI scanner and experience what it will be like on the day. So children have the opportunity to get accustomed to the loud tapping noises that happen during the scan as well as learning that they need to keep still during duration of the scan and this uh, this MRI app is actually available through Android.
0: You know what Our uh, what? our longstanding history of saying this is cool be damned because this is cool this is awesome
2: <laughs> this is
1: it awesome. really is. Yeah. I, this is kind of like our last story, where the guy was under virtual reality for um, surgeries that are there, right? Well, oh yeah, yeah. Instead last week replacing anesthetic.
0: Yeah, except this is uh, yeah, this is helping children. There's a lot of medical applications for virtual reality uh, coming which out, which
2: is not yeah, something I, really I thought
1: like thought. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. I didn't think of it. That is
0: pretty cool. Yeah, I'm. I really, I really appreciate virtual reality as a tool and people, just pushing the boundaries about like what you can do with it. Um, I, it just blows my mind. It,
2: yeah. Not just for games, that's for sure. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, no, an MRI machine can be
1: pretty freaky. I remember when I was a little kid, they took us on a field trip to a hospital to see all this stuff, and I looked inside that MRI machine, and That I bet that could be really freaky, freaky, especially when you're sick and injured and stuff like that, you know?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a scary thing for sure. Um,
2: Speaking
1: of scary things. Yeah. All right, Segway King, let's do it.
2: Let's do it. <laughs> so, if, so if you're traveling through the Charles de Gaulle airport in Paris, you will force su- you be prepared for some invasive new biometric security measures. This is too much Big Brother for me. So following terrorist <laughs> attacks on the European capital, delays in really? airport security have doubled.
0: Really quick, are these real terrorist attacks or fake ones? Sorry, okay, Bro, I'm um, sorry, I'm sorry.
2: Hey, I'm hey, sorry. hey,
1: let's not talk about the Bowling Green <laughs>
0: That's right. That's so right. Light
2: okay. 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 All right.
0: All right. Keep going. Keep going. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> Good. Uh, grouped uh, ADP. I'm not really sure what ADP is here, but anyway, who operates Paris airports is testing the new software in Charles de Gaulle in an attempt to cut down on these on these times. Interesting. So this software from a company called Vision Box will check your password image against your face. Only visitors from the European Union countries currently have this option. Bloomberg says that the move comes as airports worldwide are rushing to tap digital technologies, including biometric recognition, to speed passengers through airports. So what does this mean for traveler- travelers? Your wait times will be shorter, but your face and presumably all of your other travel details will be scanned and could be recorded. I would change that could be to will be will
0: yeah, and then you'll get targeted yeah. ads with your face in the ad, saying how cool you could be. <laughs> and then you have a Minority yeah. Report thing.
2: You could oh. really use this moisturizer for your face. By the <laughs> way,
1: uh, Group ADP is the group of airport de Paris. It's kind of like the
2: FAA. Ah, airport de Paris. The Coolness. Paris. Thank you. mm uh-huh. Ah, but yeah.
0: You ended on a scary I, one.
2: I yeah, this have, is like
1: somewhere in between I scary they and cool. Did this. I already thought they did this like i just figured that i was on a billion different cameras when i was in the airport
0: i mean you are but now now they're actually attaching data to it i think and and running that data through um algorithms to uh you know help with this stuff
1: Well, I mean, is that so... I mean, like, think about it, though. We're pulling people willy-nilly, and there's tons of stories in the U.S. about people having these problems. And, you know, there are alternatives to taking a plane, you know? International travel is a little bit different, but, you know, you don't have to travel internationally. It's not like it's a have-to. Like, you know, it's on every street corner. It's in one building. Does that make sense? What
0: if you're traveling for business, though? I mean...
1: Well, if you're traveling for business and it's your job to be in that airport, then there are certain understandings that you make. Like, for example, you're going to be away from your family. You're going to ha- be scrutinized under security. And there's also options for people to actually bypass security measures. Like, um, oh what was it? They just introduced it in the U.S. It's like pre-check security type of thing. It's like oh, yeah. 200 bucks. If and you're a trusted to, traveler or something. Everything. Yeah, I mean like business-wise that's understandable. You took the job. You don't have to take the job. It doesn't usually mean you're going to be unemployed if you have the type of skills that people will send you all over the world to do something. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, you know, this this last one's kind of bumming me out though. I don't want to I don't want to end on a sad note. So, you know what? That's <laughs> I'm going to call there. That's going to be it for Human Factors news this week. Let's switch gears a little bit and play a game. Uh, we're going to play Human... <laughs> I know, right? We're going to play Human Factors... I, I'm trying. I'm trying. Uh, we're going to play Human Factors 20 questions. Now, this is a game where I have sourced a topic from one of our listeners, and that listener... Oh, crap. I had it up here. Hang on. Monster. Uh, I know. Shoot. I usually put them in the show notes. Looks like Charles P, Charles P from Indiana, has uh has, <laughs> sorry Charles, uh, <laughs> so Charles P has uh, suggested this week's topic. This is where you guys have to guess what Charles P has submitted to us, and uh, let's go ahead and start.
2: Let's
1: got it this time. Oh yeah, sure. This is gonna be easy. <laughs> <laughs> Woo.
0: Did I lose you guys?
1: Oh no. I haven't heard what the Oh wait, yeah. Um oh crap. No, I forgot how this started now.
2: <laughs> so you guys ask questions.
1: <laughs> right, right, right.
2: Alright. So Billy, I'm gonna let you hit the first question because I did it last time. I wanna follow your, your...
1: Alright, um let's see here. Uh Is it a person? No. Damn, it's never
2: uh, All right, so are, is it design-oriented? Oh, that's too general, dude. Everything's design
1: oriented. You guys taught me that. Do Don't you, you do you want
0: to use that question, or do you want to take Billy's advice? Or...
1: All right, do it.
0: Um, oriented design oriented uh be more specific
2: is it a theory no hmm. is
0: it a,
1: not a theory it's not a person is it ooh uh it's it's not a theory is it um oh crud i just don't know um
0: well what are you guys thinking okay so so you know it's not a theory you know it's not a person what other way can you narrow this down
1: is it a tool used in like yes
2: it's a tool is it a computer no. Is it a methodology? Yes. Oh. Is it the? Is it heuristics?
0: Yes. Wow! Six questions. Heuristic evaluation by Charles P.
1: Yeah,
0: that was close enough that I would we'll give go. it to you. I mean, you would have got I owe, it. You would have got. Oh.
1: Heuristics, though. So I don't know if that was easy or not. <laughs> well, we we it
0: asked really for easy worked. ones. Yeah, All we. It matters. I know. I know that <laughs> was. That was really good. That was really good. You guys, you guys did fantastic on that one. Woo! I'm blown away. Like six, qu- <laughs> Billy, you were the one that guessed it, man.
1: Yeah, but Blake inspired me.
0: Right. Well, I mean, you guys got. I'm it. the muse. That's. I mean, that's the great part. I mean, Charles, that was a great one, man. Bring it Thank back you, next week. Uh, <laughs> that's. Ah, uh, where am I? <laughs> It's a long day, everyone. That's it for today. If you have any suggestions for topics, games, or news stories that you want us to cover, you can follow us on all the social media. You can head on to our Human Factors Cast Facebook site, comment on our SoundCloud, reach us at HFactorsPodcast on Twitter, or send us an email at HumanFactorsCast at gmail.com, like Charles P. did today. Uh, Leave us a voicemail. Our voicemail line is 901-646-1432. That's 901-646-1HFC. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash humanfactorscast. If you like what we're doing, we always like it when you guys support us monetarily. Uh, Be sure to like, subscribe, review us on iTunes. Google Play Store, SoundCloud, or whatever your favorite podcast directory is. Whatever you do, just make those reviews good. We like to hear your feedback, but we only want to read the good stuff. So don't come here if you got anything negative to say. I want to thank my panel for being on the show today, Blake Arnstorf. Where can our listeners find you?
2: Oh, you can find me hanging out on Twitter at Dope Panic UX.
0: Don't Panic UX. That one.
2: Oh yeah, that is a new one.
0: Don't Panic UX. All right. And Billy Hall, where can they find you?
2: You can find me
1: on Twitter at YouTube at ComStarCleric. That's I- a classic.
0: <laughs> that's a classic. That one's not changing. That's for me. I'm pretty classic, too. I've been your host, Nick Rome. You can find me on LinkedIn or Twitter at Nick underscore Rome. Thanks again for tuning in to Human Factors Cat. Till next time. It depends. it depends. It depends. It depends. It depends a little It depends. It depends. <laughs> it depends and stuff.
2: Something where the